This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. Today I'm going to finish the section of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus deals with non-dual spiritual practices. Here he he talks about fasting and possessions. Both fasting and voluntary poverty are disciplines that are well known in Christian monastic traditions as well as other spiritual traditions. Like the previous disciplines, Jesus does not instruct his followers to engage in this particular practice of fasting. In fact, he and his disciples were criticized by people for not fasting. A few chapters after this Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew, we find the disciples of John the Baptist coming up to Jesus and challenging him on this issue. It reads, Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we fast, and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Apparently, the Jesus movement was known for not fasting. In fact, the Gospels say that Jesus only fasted one time, and that was before he began his ministry. That was right after he was baptized, and he went off into the wilderness for 40 days. A few chapters later, Jesus sums up religious leaders' attitude toward him when it comes to fasting. He said that they were calling him a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus and his followers were not known for fasting. And yet, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, when you fast, do it this way. He's not telling us to fast, but he says that if we're going to engage in this spiritual practice, then we should do it in a way that does not cater to the ego. And he explains, he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, but they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. So the real issue here is not eating, but ego. He's talking about fasting from ego. The point is not whether or not we fast, but how we do it. If we do it, no one should know we're doing it. If people know, it feeds the ego. What good is starving the body? to feed the ego. If we're going to engage in any spiritual practice, we have to do it without ego. That's the general principle throughout Jesus' teaching on spiritual practices. Spiritual practices are to originate from spirit, the true self, not the egoic self, which is the false self. The last of the spiritual practices that Jesus addresses concerns money and possessions. 
And Jesus returns to this topic again and again in his teaching. So we know it's important to him. He says here in the Sermon on the Mount, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break it and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break it and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. How far Christians have strayed from this teaching of Jesus. These days, we have megachurches that are enormously rich and megachurch pastors that are mega millionaires. And many of these preach a prosperity gospel that is exactly the opposite of what Jesus teaches here and which he modeled in his life. Jesus told the rich young ruler to sell all that he had and give to the poor and to come follow him. When the man couldn't do it, he turns to his disciples and he says it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God than for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. In the Gospel of Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount, which is often called the Sermon on the Plain, he has Beatitudes, just like the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, but here Jesus does not say, blessed are the poor in spirit. He says simply, blessed are the poor. And to stress this physical aspect of it, he adds some woes that go along with the blessings. He says, woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. And yet Christians ignore the teachings of Jesus when it comes to this. It blows the mind how deep in darkness Christians can be and not even know it. And Jesus addresses this spiritual darkness, spiritual blindness in this section. He says right after this, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus is saying it's all about spiritual sight. When you see reality as it is, when you see what Jesus calls the kingdom of God, the one, the all, the all is one, and you see everything else clearly by its light. But if you can't see this, then you are spiritually blind, no matter how righteous or rigorous you are in your spiritual practices and observances. Jesus tells us here to fast from possessions. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. We Americans including American Christians, tend to value wealth very highly. It's the American dream to become rich. And yet Jesus wants us continually about the dangers of becoming rich. Jesus says in this section, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Money is dangerous 
as the New Testament repeatedly says. But you will not hear that preached very much in churches. Now, there's nothing unspiritual about having adequate food and shelter and clothing and health care. It's natural to seek enough to be safe and healthy. But beyond that is where the ego kicks in. The ego builds up more and more wealth and possessions in order to build a cocoon around itself. Building bigger barns is how Jesus describes it in one parable. The ego is trying to protect itself. It begins to identify with its possessions. And a loss of possessions feels like a loss of oneself. The truth is just the opposite. Possessions are an extension of the ego. And like the ego, they are not real. It is delusion that we can own anything. In truth, we do not own anything. And that includes the body and the self. When these attachments are seen as futile, then we glimpse what we really are. We are not a thing. And we can own no things. To be attached to things is to be lost. Instead, Jesus recommends that we store up spiritual treasure, treasures in heaven. Unfortunately, that phrase has been badly misinterpreted by Christianity. Christianity has turned eternal life into something that we can possess instead of something that possesses us, or better yet, something that we are. Then religion becomes a transactional mechanism to to get and to own eternal life. Something that we have and others don't have. And that makes us feel special and different and it boosts the ego. So heaven is turned into an ego's paradise and a private gated retirement community. The Apostle Paul fed that illusion with his unhelpful metaphor, especially that passage in 1 Corinthians where he talks about building on a foundation using silver, gold, costly stone, wood, hay, and straw. Christians imagine themselves sending building materials up to heaven ahead of their arrival so that when they get there after death, they'll have a heavenly mansion fully furnished waiting for them to move in. We have simply exchanged the concept of worldly riches for the same type of concept of spiritual riches that will make us big shots, big egos in heaven. Dante's Divine Comedy, the Paradiso, presents the idea of levels in heaven, and that appeals to the ego. Heaven becomes all about a separate little self that will have its own little separate heavenly kingdom. It's all ego. This is not what Jesus is talking about when he speaks of spiritual riches. For Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is not a place in the sky where we build a mansion funded by a spiritual IRA that will ensure a prosperous eternal retirement. Jesus is talking about getting rid of the whole idea of the self 
and possessions. We own nothing now. Everything is on loan from God. We do not even own our bodies, even though we refer to these as my body. We own nothing because we are nothing. There is no separate psychological entity, no self, to own anything. Possessions are an illusion of the self. Fasting from ego is an expression of knowing that we are nothing and own nothing. And when we see we are nothing, suddenly we see we are the all. The Gospel of Thomas communicates this at the very beginning of the gospel, Jesus says these words, let him who seeks continue seeking till he finds. When he finds, he will become troubled. When he becomes troubled, he will be astonished and he will rule over the all. That is spiritual riches. And not know this all is poverty. Jesus says right after that verse, but if you will not know yourselves, you dwell in poverty, and it is you who are that poverty. Spiritual riches, heavenly riches, is to know the truth, and to be free from the illusion of ego and all its possessions. That is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.